Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We call the meeting of the Liberty County Board of Commissioners to order. Mr. Brown has the meeting been properly advertised? Yes, sir, it has. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Good to see everyone, whether you're in person or on social media, it's good to have you to tune in to the business of the Liberty County Board of Commissioners. We do have two meetings. Our first meeting is the second, first Tuesday of the month. Then, of course, this is our third Thursday, which is our, considered our mid-month meeting. Both of them, we uh, entertain the business of the county. So thank you for <coughs> either being here in person or tuning in today. At this time, um, we're going to have our prayer and pledge of allegiance. Commissioner Thrift, can I ask you to do our prayer for us? Yes, sir, you sure can. We're going to give Mr. Moses just a little bit of a break. <laughs> <laughs> Let us pray. Dear Father, we do thank you for the day that you've given us. We thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. Lord Father, I pray that you would watch over us and protect us. Give us the insight, the knowledge that we need to make the best decisions that we need to make for our community and for the citizens of Liberty County. In Christ's name I do pray. Amen. 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 I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, sir. That invocation is a good lead-in. This is Women History Month, and we are proud that Commissioner Thrift is our lone female representative, <laughs> but she, she holds it down well. So we Thank are you. proud of her service, and we honor you today as you serve and sacrifice for District 3. You serve so very well. So we appreciate your service and look forward to many more years of working with you, ma'am. Yes, uh, Proclamation Red Cross Month, Dr. Karen Bell. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, I would like to first introduce Ms. Um, Maria Sinters. Do you want to tell them who you are? And I'm the executive director for the Southeast Georgia chapter of Red Cross, which includes Liberty County. I'm thrilled to be here. Thrilled to have you. <laughs> she traveled all the way down from Savannah to be here with us, and we are so grateful to be able to talk about the American Red Cross. This is the Red Cross Month. And when people hear about the Red Cross, they always think about the um, blood. Oh, they try to take my blood, but they don't know that the Red Cross also have disaster and um, training. And being a Red Cross volunteer, they also make sure that you have the training. And I was able to use my training, I just thought about this, in a couple of occasions when I had to help a family member who was choking and it was because of my military training and the training, my CPR training that I got with the American Red Cross that I was able to help that person. A two-month-year-old baby, I was in for a service um, called Stop Breathing. And because I had my training from the American Red Cross, I was able to bring that baby back to life before, um, and assist the first responders that um, came on board after that. And then I think about when I was going down Highway 144 at 3 o'clock in the morning, going to Detroit, Michigan with my son, and we came across a three-car accident. We're the only ones on the road. If you ever been down, that road is dark. And um, me and my son seen this accident. We were able to stop, assess the area, put the person who was going into shock that was in the first car, and gave um, first aid to the other two it was the other three passengers in the other two cars. 
and I contribute being able to assist with that because of the training that I got with the American um, Red Cross. We're also able to help our um, young children in school now with the training about f fire. And I don't know if you want to tell them a little bit more about our fire. Um, Yes, we, we do fire safety education and free smoke alarm installations in neighborhoods that we deem to be high risk for fires. Um, and we work with our partners, your fire department, um, to, uh, to, to do these things. And I just wanted to, um, since we were talking about uh, Women's History Month, I did want to just take a moment to recognize Clara Barton, who is the f uh, founder of the American Red Cross. Um, and our mission at Red Cross is to prevent and alleviate human suffering in the face of disasters by mobilizing the power of volunteers and the generosity of our donors. Uh, Karen serves as our diversity, equity, and inclusion chairman on our board of directors, and she is a wonderful um, leader for this organization. I wanted to say one more thing, and then we're going to let you guys get to your meeting, but we now have hired, finally, after a two-year vacancy, our service to the armed forces uh, program manager who will be stationed, who is now stationed on Fort Stewart. So her name is Katie Davis, and she comes to us from Fort Gordon, and she has completed two tours, um, two deployments with Red Cross, a six-month deployment in Kuwait and a six-month deployment in Poland. So she's very experienced, and I know she'll be a wonderful asset to your community, and we want to thank you for letting us uh, proclaim March Red Cross Month. Thank you. Thank you. Who has the proclamation? Do you do, sir? All right. This is a proclamation of Liberty County Board of Commissioners for American Red Cross Month. Whereas March is American Red Cross Month, a special time to honor the kindness of our neighbors who aid families in need every day in Georgia, across the United States and around the world. Their dedication touches millions of lives every year as they carry out the organization's mission of preventing and alleviating suffering. And whereas caring for one another is at the heart of our great state and exemplified by our neighbors, whose simple acts of kindness through the Red Cross provide help and hope in people's most difficult moments. Continuing the life-saving legacy of Clara Barton, who founded the organization more than 140 years ago. And whereas every day, these ordinary individuals lend a helping hand to make an extraordinary difference for Georgia residents in need. Local families have relied on Red Cross volunteers for comfort and hope while coping with various emergencies. Between July 1st, 2021 and July 30th, 2022, the Southeast Georgia chapter of Red Cross, Red Cross responded to 290 local disasters, mostly home fires, helped 416 families with food, shelter, and hope, collected <coughs> 17,701 units of blood, trained 7,393 people in life-saving skills, provided 6,068 casework services to members of the military, their families, and veterans, enabled 1,405 youth and adults to be better prepared and made safer, and supported 300 volunteers who worked 16,521 <coughs> hours. And whereas additionally staff and volunteers from the Southeast Georgia chapter deployed to natural disasters like hurricanes, wildfires, and tornadoes, and helped people by addressing their urgent needs, including food, lodging, and recovery support. And whereas the support, volunteerism, and generous donations from those inspiring individuals are critical to our community's resilience. We hereby recognize this month of March in honor of all those who fulfill Clara Barton's noble words, <coughs> you must never think of anything except the need and how to meet it, and ask everyone to join in this commitment. And now, therefore, I, Donald L. Lovett, Chairman of the Liberty County Board of Commissioners, by virtue of the authority vested in me by the laws of Liberty County and Georgia, do hereby proclaim March 2023 as Red Cross Month. 
I encourage all Americans to reach out and support its humanitarian mission. In witness, therefore, I have unto here set in my hand the 16th day of March in the year of our Lord, 2023, of Liberty County of the state of Georgia. If you all will come. Commissioners, if you'll gather around so we can make this a FODAC moment for yet another FODAC moment for Dr. Bell. <laughs> She's had her share. And while they come, I was reminded, you know, it's nothing, um, I guess the word is more comforting that when there's a, a disaster on TV, they always announce that the families are being assisted by the American Red Cross. And I was also reminded of friends of mine that live in countries outside of the U.S. They uh, often uh, uh, would mention how blessed we are to have organizations like FEMA in the, U in the USA because in third world countries, there's no one to depend on. It's all on you. So we appreciate the service that the Red Cross provides. And oftentimes people ask me about volunteer opportunities. I'm just going to say the queen of volunteers is Dr. Karen Bell right there. <laughs> if you need volunteer work, you just give her a call and she she help you out with that. Thank you all. Uh, Departmental Reports, LCPC, Mr. Rickinson. Hello, sir. Good afternoon, Chairman Levitt, members of the commission. Our first uh, presentation today is a gateway recommendation from the Liberty County Gateway Committee. Uh, they met last Wednesday and they have a recommendation for you on the Blue Scope site plan. Uh, you'll recall y'all approved the uh, Blue Scope rezoning uh, after <coughs> a thorough vetting last month and so the next step is to go through the gateway review process and then <coughs> begin their, uh, their permitting and construction process. So uh, this uh, owner here is uh, CMJ Investments, they're the property owner uh, still, uh, LLC, and the developer is Blue Scope Properties Group, and I've got a couple representatives here uh, in the audience if you have any specific questions from them. But uh, you'll recall when we presented this rezoning, uh, they, uh, we showed a conceptual plan at the time of three very large buildings uh, in the neighborhood of, uh, one was over a million square feet and one was about 800 square feet, another one was about half, half a million square feet. They've uh, since, since that time, they have reduced the size of the buildings, but they've increased the, the, the number of buildings. So they're, uh, rather than having three very large buildings, there are six more modest-sized buildings, and most of them are around uh, 250 to 270,000 square feet, but there is one larger building that's 400,000 square feet. So I'll show you how those are gonna be laid out in this, uh, in this complex in a moment. So you'll recall this is the, uh, this is the, the area that uh, you all rezoned last month. And of course, this is the Hooker property and Treeport East is across the way there, I-95 and Islands Highway coming by. So this property does front on Islands Highway. And I'll also point out, you, you recall a lot of discussion about Dorchester Village Road, so it goes down 
uh, to the rear of the property and ties back into Islands Highway. So the new site plan is uh, as, as shown here, uh, out front here is Islands Highway. Uh, you can see how the buildings are laid out. The, the larger building is there uh, just behind the 100 foot buffer on Islands Highway. And then the building, the smaller buildings are arrayed back to the rear of the property, uh, further removed from, from Islands Highway. You'll just to kind of remind you of what uh, the conditions that you put in the, uh, in your approval of the zoning, they're still here. Uh, this berm uh, over here on this side of the property is still there. I'm going to show you some pictures of that berm. It's a 10-foot berm, and it's already got vegetation, some pretty large trees growing on it, so it's a pretty effective berm. In addition to that, there's a 50-foot space, wide uh, space buffer there along this entire property line. Now, in the rear, which is the property that's, that's more or less parallel to Dorchester Village Road, uh, there's a 100-foot buffer back here. And I want to point out that 50 feet of that buffer is on the Blue Scope property, and the other 50 feet buffer will be in the form of an easement on the uh, the remainder of the the Davis property. So uh, together, that that adds up to a 100 foot buffer. You can also see they've uh, they've placed the ponds in the rear of the building uh, complex as well. So that gives a little bit more spatial uh, distance between uh, this development and the properties down on. Um, Dorchester Village Road. The, there'll be two entrances to the project, one here more or less directly across from the Hooker entrance and then one in the rear more or less directly across from the rear entrance of Hooker and also the uh, rear entrance of the, the existing Blue Scope building which is over in the Trayport East industrial complex. Um, you can see here the, the way the buildings are laid out, uh, the, the truck uh, loading docks are, are located to the interior of the buildings on the exterior sides of the buildings that face away from the, uh, the center of the property. That's where the automobile parking is. So they've done a good job <coughs> of keeping the loading docks interior. The loading docks are on the interior walls of these two buildings and on the interior walls of these, these two buildings. So they won't be, none of the loading docks are facing outward uh, to, the, to the exterior. Same with these two buildings. The, the truck loading areas are on the inside. The uh, automobile parking areas are on the outside. And the same, of course, with the big building in the front. The front building here is uh, auto parking and uh, pretty much a, a continuous solid wall. And on, the, on this side, on the interior of the site, is where the, the truck uh, loading bays would be. Um, that pretty much uh, kind of covers the overview of the site plan. There will be two signs, one located here and one located here. I'm going to show you a picture of what the signs will look like as well. And that's a picture of what uh, typical prototype of the of the building. You can see the um, the, the blue and uh, it's, it's tilt up concrete. They'll all be tilt up concrete. Uh, the windows are just glass windows with aluminum uh, casings around them. And then of course you can see the the doors there. And of course a metal a metal canopy on the on the building as well. And those are just the elevations. You can see the different elevations. Like this is the uh, interior elevations that we saw earlier where the loading docks are that's the that's the opposite wall from the loading docks you can see that it's got it's got some it's broken up by color and different uh, different elements in the design that, that kind of break up the, the long monotonous wall and then you can see the uh, the front elevations there uh, sort of the uh, I guess the main facade entrance of the building so all the buildings will have this general appearance <coughs> and just the landscaping and screening as I said earlier the uh, there's a 100-foot landscape buffer along Islands Highway. 
this is the existing uh, where the where the where the main entrance to the project will be, and that's kind of a rendering showing what the building would look like behind the uh, the existing 100-foot vegetated tree tree buffer. And then just another <coughs> showing. I mean, you, you can't. It, it's not. It's not going to be totally invisible from Island Highway, but you can see that this 100-foot existing buffer will provide some visual um, break from the from the buildings. And of course, this is just an illustration of the existing 1,200-foot uh, buffer on the um, on the Brigton Road side of the property. And as I said, there's a berm there, 10-foot tall berm, and this is a 50-foot buffer. And I'll show you a picture of what that looks like. That's how tall it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's 10 feet tall. This was built when this was the Dorchester shooting. I think this was previously had a life as a Dorchester shooting <coughs> reserve, and that was built to, I guess, to contain the, uh, the, the, the bullets or whatever, whatever they were shooting there, the, the, the shot. Uh, so it's, it's uh, 10 feet tall, and you can see that it's got a pretty substantial vegetative buffer on it, just looking at the, the comparison to the pickup truck there. And just another shot of the existing berm. And that's just a, a picture of the, of the monument sign. I showed you that they're going to have two, uh, two of these monument signs, <coughs> one at each of the main entrances on Islands Highway. Uh, this sign is 8 feet tall and 12 feet wide. So that's a total of 96 square feet for each sign. The lighting, uh, they will employ down lighting, and it's LED lighting, and it will, it will use these external uh, glare shields as well. So uh, they're going to do a, photo, a photometric study, and they're going to make sure that all, this, all the light is contained within the property. There won't be any light pollution. Gateway Board, as I said, met last Wednesday, and they recommended approval, unanimously recommended approval of the site plan as pre presented. And I'll be glad to answer any questions that you have. And as I said, there's a couple of members here from uh, Blue Scope that can also answer more detailed questions. Yes, sir. <coughs> yeah, back up on your slides to the one that you said where that they, uh, the loading dock will be inside. Okay, <clears throat> so right there, the loading dock will be there and there, right? That's right. And here, That's right. and here. Right. Is that designed that way to help cut down on noise? Yes, uh, the, the, the folks from Blue Scope were here during all the uh, hearings, the public hearings that led up to tonight, and uh, <coughs> they've been very responsive. That's, that's why you see a lot of the, uh, the additional uh, buffering there, and then they've, they've made every effort to try to orient these loading docks to the interior of the site so they'll have minimal impact on the, the exterior properties. So this is one of the, <clears throat> one of the duplications of request that was within that all those requests that we receive? That's right. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, your driveway, mm -hmm. entry, exit. Go ahead. Coming out to Islands Highway. One there and one there. Two. Okay. <clears throat> Will these buildings be up and in operation before we have the opportunity to do any improvement on Islands Highway? I'm going to have to let the applicant answer that question. I'm not <coughs> sure about what the, what the timing is on it. Well, the applicant can answer one part, but then we need to know the answer 
from the governmental standpoint, will we have the money to do the roadway before the building get up? We won't. We won't. <clears throat> but each of these buildings, under the, under the development agreement, each one of these buildings will pay their share of that road improvement cost. To help us to get there. But, but it won't be enough to make it what, we, what it should be. I can't answer that question. No, sir, it's about $25 million for that whole project. Okay. So, yes, All right. sir. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Any other questions? Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, the, there's a water retention I see in your top left-hand corner. The total pond size, blues, and when they the outfall to that will will go where? Can I can I ask the applicant? Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, the applicant. So you <coughs> state your name, sir. Basically, what I wanted to know is when they fill up, where the, where is it going to the spillover at? So all the water, by the way, my name's Eric Lenko with Blue Scope Property Group. All the water makes its way from this side of the site to this side of the site, and it's kind of split in half, so these two ponds collect everything on, on this half of the site, and it spills into this wetland right here, and then eventually flows down this um, natural, already existing ravine that's there. Okay. What? what? Now to piggyback on Commissioner Stevens, if there's curb and gutter, um, and of course we don't know exactly what we're going to put out there, do we, Mr. Brown? I mean, on well, Islands Highway, we'll have some curb and gutter or whatever there. Will we be able to run that into, I mean, the shortest distance right there would look like it would be into their ponds. Have y'all talked to discuss that? Or where's our engineer? I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to defer to Mr. Long on that drainage plan for that section improvement. <coughs> you understand what I'm saying, Trent? Is I mean, will you be able to? So our, our portion of the Islands Highway will discharge into that canal that runs all along this. Uh, there's a canal that runs all along this side, and it kind of starts peeling off and going right through it through here. Okay. So all of our water will be going through this canal. So all their water is going to be designed to meet their ordinance for their site. Um, and we can look at some possibilities of routing some of our water through theirs as well if we needed to. Um, but at this point, we had planned to keep the water separated. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Any other questions? Um, my, my observation is this is... Plan has changed since we saw it last time, the layout has. And I can appreciate what you all have done uh, with this, and I appreciate you hearing the, the citizens and responding to, to the citizens. Um, the, uh, and I, I, I tried to make some notes. 10-foot um, burn, 50-foot space buffer, and then on the rear side, 100 feet, have right. I got it right? So forth. All right. And then when the lighting, you're doing the down lighting to try to ensure that the lights didn't make it Christmas down there. That's right. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you guys um, 
uh, doing that and being uh, sensitive to the community concerns uh, <coughs> without us even asking. So, because I know we were talking about one building at first, weren't we? Yeah. Um, now, uh, as Commissioner uh, Stevens uh, mentioned, you know about our impact fees. Right. That's to help us to ensure that that road is safe because that's one of the, you heard the citizens' concern if you were here about that too. So, so that, that's just part of the progress here in Liberty County. But, but I really want to applaud you all for, for being accommodative and being sensitive to what the citizens were, were requesting. That means a lot. It speaks well for your company. It speaks well for your company. That's Chairman, all I have. Mr. Chairman, I, I just want to point out one more thing. This, this is a high-level uh, design. This is going to inform the county staff when they review this. Y'all asked some technical questions about the drainage. They're, they're going to have to get more, more in-depth than, than we're going to get here tonight. So I just want you to know that there's going to be a, a harder look at this from your engineering staff than just what we're talking about here today. All right. Well, thank you. We're starting oh, okay. something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, because we don't want to, in any way, um, Inversely, uh, and adversely affect anyone that lives in that area. I will say this just as a, a common um, uh, comment I have heard from a few people that live in the area recently, and, and they've been positive about um, what's done. Uh, and I will say this: um, I've been approached by, I'll just say, a neighboring county who who's interested in how we've done this thus far. So it speaks well for the process. And, and I did, I think, last time I thank Jeff, you and your staff, and my county staff. But I want to thank the commissioners too for embracing this. Um, and Joe and I were reminded that Ms. Ms. Marcia Hamilton and her group came to see us after we first, this came, first came to us and we sat down and tried to um, configure something that everybody could live with. Um, and then we uh, talked to the developers, not just these guys, but others too. And, and thus far, all of them have been, uh, I use the word accommodative and sensitive to what our concerns are. So we appreciate that. So I think. At the end of the day, we can all be proud of this. I, li I like to make this a, a, a model, if you will, you know, for other areas, certainly a model for Liberty County. Um, and I'm glad you, you, you have a nice looking building, not just building 10 buildings, like maybe Gateway wouldn't allow just <laughs> 10 buildings, but we appreciate the aesthetics of it. So if you're gonna do it, do it right. So once again, thank, thank everybody, all those who participated in this process. Now, this requires our approval, sir? Yes, sir. After the gateway. Gateway approved it unanimously? It did. It did? All right. Commissioners, it's our turn. Chair? Uh -huh. Yes, sir. I'll make a motion that we are follow the recommendation of the gateway board, which was approval of the site plan for Blue Scope. Is there a second? Second. Motion and second. We approve gateway's recommendation for Blue Scope. And once again, we commend Blue Scope for what you've done here. <coughs> Look forward to working with you. Make us proud. Make us proud. All in favor, show of hands, please. Any opposed? One opposition. Okay. Motion passes. All right. Thank you, Mr. Reeves. Thank you. Okay. Our second and final uh, presentation this evening is a rezoning request. It's been to go in public hearing. Yes, sir. Chair, take a motion to go in public hearing. Sure. I move. A motion and a second. All in favor, show of hands, please. We're now in the public hearing for a rezoning petition. Thank you, sir. Uh, this is a rezoning petition that's been submitted by J JPC Design and Construction, uh, this also known as uh, Jones Petroleum, on behalf of the Michael Bryant Trust, who is the owner of the property. Uh, they want to rezone 5.79 acres of property that's in the unincorporated area. The rest of the site, it's a, it's a much bigger site than that, but the rest of the property is located in the city of Midway and will be considered by Midway City Council next Monday night. 
anyway, the portion that's in the county is zone, currently zoned ER1, and they need to rezone that to B2, and also get a conditional use for that as well to it can be <coughs> for truck parking. Uh, they want to put in a travel center with fast food restaurants, uh, including drive-through drive, drive -through lanes and semi-truck parking. Most of the area that you will consider, uh, you'll be, you are considering tonight will be used for the semi-truck parking in the rear of this building. This property is located on Highway 84, uh, west of Interstate 95, and you can see there the parcel number. Uh, we've advertised this in the Coastal Courier and also placed a sign on the property. The uh, vicinity map just showing uh, I-95 here, uh, Oglethorpe Highway going back toward uh, Midway in Hinesville. And you can see here, this is the property outlined in red. Um, the blue line there, the little blue triangle there, is <coughs> a portion of this property that's uh, outside the city limits of Midway. Midway, Midway city limits goes about se uh, 750 feet from the right of way of Islands, I mean, of um, 84, uh, away from that. And so everything beyond 750 feet is in the county. So you can see this area here is the five acres uh, that you're considering tonight for rezoning to B2. And that's just another uh, showing the zoning. Uh, this light blue there is uh, interstate commercial. That's midway zoning category for this property. And uh, they will be considering a conditional use approval. But the building and, and most, of the, most of the developed part of the property will be within the city limits of midway. But this back portion back here was needed for additional truck parking. And this is just the jurisdiction map. The yellow area there is in the city midway. The other area here is in the unincorporated Liberty County. This is their narrative. Uh, they're asking for the uh, property to be rezoned from AR1 to B2 and also a conditional use permit that will allow for them to uh, develop this commercial travel center, which will be located both in unincorporated Liberty County and in the city of Midway. And uh, they've got a concept plan that I'm going to show you in the next slide. Uh, this building is going to be just over 30,000 square feet of building. It's going to contain a convenience store uh, and the fuel sales, uh, fuel sales for automobiles and semi-trucks. It's going to have a trucker lounge and three quick service restaurants as well. And there will be two drive-through lanes associated with it. There will be 40 multi-product dispensers for automobile fuelings and nine diesel uh, fueling uh, multi-product dispensers as well. Uh, there will be certified uh, cat scales there on the property for semi-trucks. There will be uh, a convenience store will have a total of 96 uh, parking spaces for automobiles and there will be 14 parking spaces for RV, bus and commercial trucks as well as 80 cars under the gas canopy. So this is going to be a very large uh, facility. Uh, the semi-truck parking lot in the rear will have 134 parking spaces for customers, and there will be one entrance on Highway 84 across from the Glee Plantation Road. And, of course, as, as you're going to hear a lot, um, that, that, that entrance will have to be coordinated carefully with what the county is doing on Highway 84, the county and Midway in partnership with the improvements they're making on Highway 84. So this is the uh, concept plan that they've submitted, uh, and this is the entrance into Glee Plantation uh, Road there, and this is their proposed entrance here. Uh, they are definitely going to have to do a traffic study as part of the site plan for this project here. Again, this portion, this front portion from here back is in the city of Midway. The area that, we're, that you're considering tonight 
is the truck parking area in the rear, and it's about five acres. You can see here the automobile fuel canopies here, the uh, 30,000 square foot uh, building, mixed use building here, and the diesel canopy back here in the back for the <coughs> diesel fuel. You can see an entrance road here. There's also, uh, the entrance road is also accommodating access to the properties in the rear, because there's a good, a good number of properties here in the <coughs> rear that uh, uh, would benefit from having additional access. So this, this road here is not just for the benefit of the truck stop, but it will also be benefiting uh, development in the um, adjacent properties. There are also two out parcels on, on each side of this entrance road here. Uh, those will have to be, there's not, a, there's not a known tenant for that at this time. Uh, those will have to be independently approved by the City Council of Midway when that tenant is identified and they're ready to develop those sites. Our zoning analysis, uh, this property does have uh, reasonable use as it's currently zoned. Uh, the proposed use in, uh, is consistent with the JLUS study. <clears throat> Number three, the proposed use is consistent with the comprehensive plan because the comprehensive plan indicates this property as commercial. Uh, will there be an adverse effect on the value and usability of nearby properties? Uh, we've indicated there possibly, but buffers shall be considered as part of the gateway design review. This, is, this one is going through gateway design review as well, just like the previous one from Blue Scope. <coughs> Number five, is the proposed use suitable in view of nearby uses? Uh, yes, there are multiple commercial uses in the vicinity. Number six, will the zoning proposal create an undue burden on streets, uh, transit, uh, public safety, utilities, schools, et cetera? And we've answered that yes, a traffic study will be required at the site plan review to mitigate the adverse effects caused by this development. Traffic is really the main, uh, the main concern that we have, and we, we believe that a traffic study, uh, if its recommendations are followed, will mitigate any, uh, any negative effects from this development. Number seven, will this allow a short-term gain at the expense of our long-term local goals? Our answer is no. Would it cause a domino effect or encourage sprawl? The answer to that is no. Uh, are there unique historic sites that might be adversely affected? We've answered that no as well. <clears throat> Number 10, is it in a flood hazard area? No. Is it spot zoning or unrelated to existing pattern of development? Our answer is no. And we also have not identified any unique conditions that support approval or denial. Planning Commission heard this request at their last meeting and they recommend approval with standard and special conditions. I'll go to the special condition. Number one is uh, to the entrance to the proposed site shall accommodate the, the adjacent properties with roadway access. I showed you on that concept plan where they are proposing a road going all the way through the site and out the back so that the next property uh, could be, uh, could have access to the, uh, to Highway 84. And number two, a traffic study would be uh, shall be required at site plan review to mitigate any adverse uh, impacts caused, any adverse traffic impacts caused by the development. So those are the two special conditions. Other than that, the planning commission recommends approval. So I'd be glad to answer any questions that you have about this. How the traffic study process works. I think I'm following you, but just to make sure that everyone is on the same sheet of music, tell us, sir. How the the, uh, you <coughs> you hire, hire a, a qualified traffic engineer, somebody that's registered as a traffic engineer, to do the study, uh, to do traffic counts, and, and look at the projections of traffic coming in and out of the site and the, the, the characteristics of the, of the traffic, because in this case, we've got a lot of, lot of tractor-trailer traffic and automobile traffic. So. They'll need to look at the, the scale of this project and try to 
determine what kind of impact that's going to have on Highway 84 and make recommendations for improvements, which might include a signal, additional turn lanes in and out of the property, and just everything that needs to be considered as that, to make this project integrate into the highway system. Okay. Now, that's uh, US 84, right, Mr. Brown? So if the traffic study should indicate that a traffic signal is indicated, that's right. Is, is DOT an automatic partner or we request their partnership? How does that? I think if the traffic study indicates that a traffic study is needed, that will, that will be a condition of approval of this, this project. They'll, they'll have to figure out a way to get that in there, whether it's the developer paying for it or uh, in, in partnership with GDOT or whoever. I see. It, okay. it will be a condition. DOT will have to issue an access permit Mm -hmm. for them, for the project. I see. They'll apply for an individual permit to GDOT. Okay. All right. Then I would imagine the traffic study is on the way or they wouldn't start that until we, we do, do I this I think they'll, they'll wait until they have approval from you and Midway before they Don't invest. Jump the gun? Okay. Right. okay. <coughs> Don't count the chickens before they hatch or have it. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. You know, that's what I was looking at. We're, we're approving this because this <coughs> is almost a, uh, a three-step deal the way I look at it, the traffic study, mm -hmm. the county, then the city. Mm -hmm. Am I correct? Yeah, that's right. So we approve it, but traffic study says one thing and they don't they don't agree to it, then it's out the window. That's right. I did take the liberty, Commissioner Stevens, of, uh, of checking with Mayor Clancy. I knew you all went to Midway. <coughs> didn't have a forum so they couldn't vote. I did just check with him to, mm -hmm. to, to check the temperature, and he mm -hmm. said that my whole team supports it was his answer. Okay. My whole team supports it. Okay. Now, this is going this road roadway that we're talking about is how many feet is that from the I don't know exactly what the what the distance is back there. I mean, it does it does kind of wrap around the the edge of the property. I sorry, I did not measure how far that goes back. But it, I mean it goes it goes to the rear out the rear corner of this property. Okay, now the other, que I guess, question is probably the water and sewage is going to have to come from Midway. That's right. Okay, so we're only looking at the parking lot, the rest section. Mm -hmm. That's right. And that roadway will be paved. Yes, sir. It'll, it'll be paved to county standards and actually heavy county standards because it's going to have, have trucks. truck traffic. That's right. When will Midway hear this? I'm sorry, sir. When will Midway hear this, Jeff? They will hear it on Monday night. Monday night, six o'clock. Okay. <coughs> Mr. Chair, I, I just have a, a, a quick question too. Uh, going back to the zoning analysis, okay. uh, Mr. Rickerson, uh, number four, where it says about will there be an adverse effect on the value and the usability of nearby properties? Uh, you all said possibly, uh, and then it's also. Uh, discuss about the buffers with the gateway design review. Right. So how would that process work? The like, there would be buffers along this, the edge of this road right here, and there'll be buffers along this property line as well. So just to mitigate the, uh, mitigate the effects of, of visual effects and, and hopefully some of the noise effects from the property. Right, absolutely. Uh, I, I guess, so, will the gateway, is that just a recommendation from the Gateway them? committee, just like you, you saw the gateway committee tonight, right. that was a recommendation from the gateway committee. You had, you had to act on it, so you did. So okay. that's, didn't that so, so would it come 
That's same right. way. That's right. Okay. If if they do recommend that's that. Right. That's okay. Right. I was just trying to get some clarification with that because, you know, I I just had a situation with adverse effect of, of value of a yeah. property. So, yeah. made me think. Was Thanks, there? Sir. You sent out letters to the adjacent property owners. Sure. Were there any? Um, well, anybody here in in, in favor? Come. So, yeah, proponent. Yeah, proponent probably. Sure. Speak first. And then, yeah. Just tell us who you are, sir. Hi, good evening. I'm Jeremy Crosby with JPC Design and Construction LLC and Jones <coughs> Petroleum, and we're the applicant. Just give me your overview of your project, sir. Um, we um, we've picked this site because it's a. It's called Midway, and it's, it's a good stopping point when you're coming up the road on I-95 and on 84, and we're proposing to build a, a travel center. We've got one of these in uh, Jackson, Georgia, off exit 205 off I-75, and we're uh, same um, floor plan um, and uh, layout um, we'd like to do here. Um, I thought we were going to have a picture of the building up, but uh, it wasn't in the uh, slide. Um, but... We're proposing 30,000 square foot, three fast food restaurants, two of them with drive-throughs. Um, this facility will have over 4,000 square feet of restrooms inside for the traveling public. Um, when you're traveling up and down the interstate, you usually want to stop at fuel, food, and use the restroom and, and get back on and, and head on north or head south wherever you're, you're going. But um, it's a nice facility. It has, uh, the building has a lot of glass, skylights in it, it's well lit, very open. Um, and just a <coughs> nice stopping off point. We're going to have uh, 40 uh, gas fueling positions in the front under the canopies, plenty of parking out front, and then uh, the truck fueling in the rear. Um, I don't know if y'all are familiar, the truckers have electronic logs now that make them, force them to get off the interstate and rest and, you know, get food and fuel, and they need places to park, get fuel, just like the rest of us, and everybody loves Amazon and all the other companies delivering to your door. It takes all these truckers moving all these goods up and down the interstate and the highways uh, to get these goods to our to our front doors like we like. So they need a place to pull off and rest and fuel and get food and, and get back on, on the road. So um, I'll be happy to entertain any questions y'all might have. Sure. Uh, uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you all for uh, even thinking about Liberty County. Uh, you know, moving forward, especially, you know, from the economic standpoint. Yes, uh, what is the name of the one uh, you were talking about in Jackson? Exit 205 on I-75. We It's called JP Travel Center, and we've got a high-rise sign if you're coming up. It's the uh, um, I-75 and Georgia Highway 16, the Jackson Griffin epic exit. Right. It's just everybody knows where the traffic stops on I-75 at Locust Grove. <laughs> oh, trust me. Uh, yeah. Below it. So, <laughs> I've talked to people from Illinois, Michigan, Ohio. They all know where the traffic stops on the south side of Atlanta in Locust Grove. Right. So, we're one exit to the so south. So, don't blame you for the traffic. Yeah. We're, a lot of people get off uh, at our exit, our travel center there at exit 205, get fuel, and then go the back ways around to right. get up around Henry County and get on north Kinda to Atlanta or south uh, headed this way. So, um, it's exit 205 there. And... Um, we built the facility and uh, opened it in November of 2019, and it's, it's been a big success. It's been featured in several uh, magazines, uh, national publications, convenience store magazines, fueling 
magazines and uh, different outlets have, have highlighted it, and it's been a big hit with the public. One thing we do have that you don't usually associate with uh, convenience stores and fuel is we've got about a 2,000-square-foot gift shop, gift area in the store that it has shocked us how successful it's been. And uh, Natalie Jones, uh, daughter of Mr. Jones, she heads that up, and um, they stock all kind of stuff. And when my wife goes in there, she spends a lot of money. Um, but uh, Sort of like like that other company, I don't I don't want to say their name. Start with a B. Yeah, it's sort of you, like you, you know exactly which one. They're, they're not us about. and we're not them, but we all do similar stuff. <laughs> there we stuff. go. There we go. Yeah. So, um, but it's more. Uh, you got the gift shop. You've got the food. You've got the fueling. The restrooms. There's a lot of reasons for people to get off the interstate, spend money in your county. Sales tax. And the good thing yeah. is they spend it and they get back on and they go somewhere else. But you got some dollar bills out of their Absolutely. car pocket when they stopped here in Liberty County. And the beautiful thing about technology, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So uh, it has like a, a Subway and a Burger King? Yes, sir. We have a Burger King, a Dunkin' Donuts, and a Subway in that right. facility. And the mascot is a Bulldog? Yes, sir. I like that. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Mr. Like Jones it. wants the next ones we build. Um, this one, he wants a Bulldog out front of it, yeah, just like that. I see so. people are taking pictures in front yeah. of the Bulldog. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, I, I, I like the concept. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, I guess up there, uh, one of my concerns is with the, with the uh, trucks. I know the 75, I'm very, very familiar with that area. And just like you were saying about the digital logs, uh, I've noticed a lot of times with, uh, I guess, with travel centers that a lot of the, the trucks, they run out of space and then they try to park on the side of 90, well, 95 or definitely 75. Mm -hmm. uh, what, is, is there anything we could do? Or I, I guess talk with, with GDOT or, I, I don't even know how that even works. I just know that that's a safety concern for me. Though. GDOT says that they're like 3,000 parking, truck parking spaces short every night across the state of Georgia. Oh yeah. They're wanting facilities put in and just like the guys that are gonna be delivering the blue scopes, um, Places they need a spot to park for a few hours at night, get food, fuel, get their pickup, and get back on the road. So um, we're, we run a business, but we're also providing a service that's needed in today's uh, economy. Absolutely. With the e-commerce, with everybody wanting everything delivered to your door. So. Uh, yeah, technology <laughs> is, is a funny thing now. Uh, sorry, I, I think for the most part, Ms. Chair. <coughs> Thank you, sir. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I'm reminded, I think, um, what we can envision is like you're going through the Richmond Hill exit. You know the trucks coming in and out, travel center there, so it'll be the same same kind of thing. But we're working with Trent, and, uh, working with everybody, you know, trying to, you've heard that conversation too, so trying to make that a safe place to travel for, for folk getting in and out, as well as the local residents who live yes. in, in that area. Uh, and I did uh, ask you to consider some, uh, give it a little character, and you all worked on that, I heard. You know, yes, sir. We appreciate that. Don't want to build just a box. No, no. You know. The facility like Jackson and this one, mm -hmm. what we propose, has got um, different finishes like on each restaurant side and then the C-store and different uh, colors and variations throughout. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be an attractive facility. And uh, like I said, it's got a lot of natural lighting on the inside, um, a lot of skylights, glass and uh, during the daytime you don't even realize the lights are on just from all the natural lights so it's kind of and when you lighten stuff up it makes people feel better it's a clean feel feels good um, some of our competitors still a lot darker <coughs> inside stuff so 
And I know I'm, I'm just the question. Question. <laughs> Mr. Ratcliffe had uh, some estimated sale tax projections. I don't remember those numbers, but I remember they were very um, yeah, we, positive. We ran, I've got them here. Just, Do you have them? Okay. Yes, sir. Um, this is based, we took the sales of our Jackson, Georgia um, location and then plugged them in based on Liberty County's tax rates. And on the gas, um, if we paint, uh, pump the same amount of gas, and actually here, we expect to pump more gas because we have more fueling positions here at Jackson. We just didn't have any more space to get them. So at, if uh, all things being equal uh, to Jackson, um, the gas tax, <coughs> uh, 495000 to Liberty County on gas tax. The diesel tax to Liberty County would be 472000 The Just take rough property tax on values depending on uh, the values be 122,000 roughly in property tax if it was the same as Butts County. And then sales tax from inside sales um, with Liberty County's rates would be 514,000 collected. So it'd give you a, million, a total over a million six a year in sales tax revenue. Outstanding, my friend, outstanding. Commissioners, I hope you're reminded of our commitment as a community, not just us, several years ago to help to make that interchange be more productive. This is certainly moving in the right direction that our interchange is growing. Um, we appreciate, I'm like Commissioner Frazier, we appreciate you having interest in, in Liberty County and we look forward to, to this project. Yes, and, uh, we'll call it by its own name, we won't call it that other place. That's right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thank you. Any other questions for the developer? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, Brown, Trent. <coughs> Okay, sewage and water is going to come from the city of Midway, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, what about the other services down there? Will it be county services or city services on, like, the uh, fire service? Or will that be a duplication? Mm, the, whatever's, whatever, yes, sir. Right. Whatever's in the incorporated area would be Midway's, and whatever's unincorporated would be ours. So for the majority, it would be Midway. Because uh, what I'm looking at with that little piece that we got on the back, I'm looking for Midway to probably come back and want to annex <laughs> that little piece on the back and get the whole parking lot. Yeah. But it's not a bad. I mean, it's not a bad deal. But anyway, Chair, you ready for a motion? I said the mayor may be listening. I think so. right. I'm right. Don't, don't don't give him any. Yeah, I mean, ready for motions, <laughs> Chair. Make a motion. <coughs> Excuse me, make a motion that we uh, hold, on, hold on, Commissioner Stevens. We just need to check and see if there's anybody in office. Oh, I didn't do that. Did you, any, did you have anyone in opposition, Jeff? Not that I know, not, not that called, but okay. uh, we did advertise. So no okay. All right. All right. Anyone in opposition to the project? Just, just one more question. Yeah. Uh, you don't even have to even come all the way up. Uh, I know you were talking about the, the gas pumps. How many gas pumps were, were you anticipating? There'll be 40. Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm the one who told him to stay back. <laughs> we have 40 drawn. Okay. However, um, I found out um, recently in the last couple of weeks that we can only, our uh, computer point of sale where you pay and everything and credit card can only handle 32. So as of right now, um, 
unless the software changes between now and getting this thing built, we'll only, we're probably gonna have to cut back from 40 to 32 total pumps, which will give you 64 total fueling positions because each pump you have right, double-sided. Right. So um, we did find out, we were ordering, looking at equipment and everything and we told them how many we needed in the computers and POS's uh, point of sales to support those pumps. And they came back and told us they could only right now do um, 32. So instead of 40. So right now we'll be maxed out at 32, but unless the software, they can get the software fixed, and that's out of my league. That's our IT guys. So. I was going to say, <laughs> hey, it's software out there. Yeah. I've seen more pumps. So, um, But they're working on that. We would like to do 40, but we may have to pull back to 32 just because if the software issue doesn't get worked out. Good deal. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry, Commissioner Stevens. Ready? Yes, sir. Yeah, I make a motion that we allow this rezoning to come from AR1 to B2. Second. Motion and a second. Based on, uh, I'm sorry, based on the traffic count. Right. Yeah, it does, it's determined by that. Just some, uh, I'll make a comment. I'm thinking as this gentleman speak, now our challenge is how do we get those folk that stop to come on and visit Liberty County? So we got something to happen to attract them here. <coughs> then now we've got to get them to, Buy a little gas and whatever else, but also maybe come and visit Liberty County. So I have an idea. Yeah, I do. Right. I do. That's, that's our next job. There was a sign one time that said, if you build it, they will come. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been saying that right. for 10 right. years. All, right. All in favor, show your hands, please. Chairman, can I give a heads up about another action that's coming next month that's related to this? If you, if you keep us out of trouble, yes, you can. Can you go back to that, that uh, site plan or just back to the presentation? I meant to bring this up earlier. There, the, when the applicant, when Jones turned in their application, uh, they they didn't submit the entire uh, Bryant tract, and so they're, they're, they went ahead. They want us to go ahead and move forward with this one, but there's an there's an additional property right back there in the rear. That's an additional is it five acres? Yes. Additional five acres that they're coming back with a is, is coming to the planning commission next week. We'll be bringing that to you next month. It's it's additional additional property. It's it's it, they're buying all of the Bryant's property, so they left that out of their initial application. So it's it's beyond this road back here, but it'll be coming to you next month. So you'll it's, it's sort of related to this, but you now this is this is the truck stop or the uh, travel center mm -hmm. uh, property here. But this will be an additional property. They're also requiring for future development. I just wanted you to to know that. And then one other point that I wanted to uh, make sure that everybody knows about is that there won't be any any high-rise signs uh, with this one. It might look a lot like the one in Jackson, but it, it, uh, the, uh, there won't be any high-rise signs because our ordinance don't, don't allow that. Sure. The maximum sign in Liberty County is 20 feet. I just wanted to point that out. All right. Are you all willing to discuss any tentative plan for the, the, the future property to be rezoned or not at this time? Yeah. <coughs> the uh, <clears throat> the plan we have drawn now is uh, for uh, either a general commercial business on that five acres or possibly hotels. So um, we uh, at Jackson uh, we built that first travel center, and a guy had five acres across the street from us. He built his first hotel, and he's filled since 2019. He opened. He's built. An, it stays full every night, and he's built a second one now from it but this may be the same same uh, type uh, idea that uh, possible hotels could go on that or um, 
uh, truck service center or something, but brings in money to the county, the revenue generator. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That's, that's all I have, Mr. Chairman. That's it, sir? Yes, sir. Thank yes, sir. you. Motion to go out of public hearing back to regular session. Yes, move. Second. 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 All in favor. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Mr. Richardson. Ms. Richardson, we're counting sales tax. You want to come in? <laughs> the commission is what I'm hearing also. I hope you all are doing your manual calculations. The more sales tax we have, the more roads we can pay, the more things that we can do. It, it empowers us as a county. Good evening. Hello. Uh, we have completed the December and January financial statements. So I'm gonna report on both of those months tonight. Um, finance is still digesting, so to speak, <coughs> the, uh, the loss and retirement of our former CFO and deputy CFO. Um, additionally, recently we have hired two new people in finance to fill our vacancies, um, but we're now fully staffed. So we hope to be back on track uh, when I come back to re report on March's activity. Um, another thing I would like to mention is that we have been operating with ADP for months now, and the payroll processing side seems to be working very smoothly. Um, employees are getting paid on time and um, you know, things of that nature. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, now finance is trying to tackle and reconcile the general ledger side um, with, so what actually gets posted into our system with what's being paid. Um, we had found some inconsistencies and are trying to work with uh, ADP's implementation team to iron <coughs> these out. But strangely enough, the, the time and attendance side of ADP, the time card side, um, the actual paying of the employees doesn't really walk and talk with the general ledger reports that it generates. So we have found you know, a lot of employees where they're they're being paid out of the correct department, but when you go to put the journal entry into the system, um, they're in another department. So we're having to try to reconcile and, um, and pull it all together, <coughs> but, um, but we're still working on that. So I say all of that um, because in some of our department variances, um, it's showing you know, that some are over, and partly um, that's for this ADP stuff. <laughs> Okay, moving on to December. Um, at the end of December, we have collected approximately 23% of our budgeted revenues and exhausted 47% of our budgeted expenditures. Currently, we are sitting at 1.1 months of operating expenditures, um, which I know is severely low. <laughs> and this is down slightly from November, which was 2.2. Um, as you're aware, the months leading up to when our property taxes are collected are our leanest months of the year, and for this year, December was that month by far. Um, however, you should start to see this turnaround once the property taxes are billed and start to collect, which I will highlight that um, in January. Moving on to solid waste. Um, let me go back, let me see. Did I miss something? Okay. Uh, moving on to solid waste, at the end of December, uh, solid waste has a net loss of approximately 510,000. 
Um, but you will also see this turnaround in the upcoming months when the solid waste assessments are billed and collected. Um, to date, we've collected almost 38% of the total budgeted revenue for solid waste and have spent approximately 52%. Um, with regards to special revenue funds, E911 is showing slightly over budget. To uh, This reflects the payments made to Motorola for their annual contract, um, and this should start to even back out as we continue through the fiscal year. Um, going backwards to the general fund department expenses. Um, so the items really that are showing um, overages for, for the ADP or payroll related items um, is gonna be departments 3321, Bureau of Police Services, um, also 3326, Jail Operations, um, 3700 for the coroner, and 3910 for animal control. So we will continue to take a look at those and um, <coughs> along with the rest of the departments and make sure the proper employees are coded and um, to the correct departments and get all that reconciled. Um, admin, uh, as I think I've mentioned uh, in other months reports, the variance in this department is for the uh, the reclassification and compensation plan as well as well as payments made to <coughs> the Mercer Group. So this overage should continue to go down um, as we continue out the fiscal year. Um, a couple of a couple of departments, including elections and EMS, they purchased capital items that were approved in the uh, in the FY23 budget. Um, during the millage process. And so we will make those uh, budget adjustments to move them over to those departments so they won't show negative. Um, the law department is, uh, is ahead of schedule due to some payments made to attorneys, um, but we don't expect this to exceed budget for the year. Um, let's see, the public information department is running ahead of schedule due to the service award luncheon. And also we don't expect them to exceed budget for the year. General administration um, paid its annual dues earlier in the fiscal year, which is causing them to show negative. Same for uh, Superior Court. They made payments for law clerk expenses. Um, and much of this was in the beginning of the fiscal year and so they're is still trying to catch up with the budget. Um, so we should see this come down. Let's see. Uh, community services, the negative variance in this department is for the annual wellness fair that was held in October. Um, so this is, you know, uh, hits in one time of the year. So as we continue through this, this variance should reduce the Conservation Administration um, made payments to the Georgia-Alabama Land Trust for site visits and monitoring of preservation of the land. There shouldn't be anything else charged to this department for the remainder of the year. <coughs> um, building and licenses is showing negative for, um, for some software, and this also was a, was a budget item that, we, uh, that was already approved, so let's see. 
Regarding the debt service, um, this is showing negative for the, the enterprise payments or the <laughs> enterprise vehicles that we've made payments on through, um, through or December. Um, we actually have um, to do an adjustment for the portion that's related to like the law enforcement vehicles. Um, we have some money in sales tax six that we can help um, cure this overage. And then the other finances and uses is, um, so the 2022 bonds that were issued in June, we're now drawing down and using those for um, the various projects that were approved for the bonds. So that's why you'll see this go up. The, the revenue was actually reported in the prior fiscal year, but now we're just showing those expenses. Let's see what else. Um, for sales tax six, our revenue was 1,013,000. It was another good month, exceeding our original expectation. At the end of December, we are about 1.9 million ahead of schedule for the current fiscal year and 6.4 million ahead for sales tax six from when it started. We have a similar thing happening with T-SPLAST. We have received over 930,000 for the month of December and have collected 23.5 million since inception. Uh, the TSPLOS continues to do great and has brought in over 644,000 in excess revenue so far from what was originally budgeted. Um, Just one question. Uh, yes, sir. TSPLOS runs until what year again? It, it, it runs either for six years or or, or till it sunsets because of the collections. Right, right. absolutely. Yep. There exactly. we go. Thank you. Are there any specific questions on December? Otherwise, I can go into January. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Go back to the, in the enterprise for the vehicle. Okay. Yes, sir. Sure I that um, so we have been making payments, I think, as a the last time I um, got an update, we had approximately 90 enterprise vehicles for the county. Um, and a lot of those are law enforcement. And so there's some, there's a SPLOS 6 line item for patrol cars that we were planning to, to use some of that to cure this overage for the, for the debt service. So we did all this enterprise last year and this year. For the rest of this year and next year, will there be a lower cost on enterprise, or we still have to pay the same amount each? If you remember, up and we can go back and dig it up. The presentation was a five-year. It was a five-year program, basically, and so you had high high years and low years. Uh, I'd tell you, overall, your enterprise costs will probably stay stable. The good thing, two things that'll happen is uh, is the stability is the new vehicles and the other thing will be your lower maintenance cost on those vehicles and we're, we're renegotiating that contract to bring to you uh, on our maintenance vehicle fleet but i think you'll be able to see when you look at your maintenance records and stuff that that it's really paid off well, um joey on this uh conservation administration uh, there's Part of this says that it's for visiting the sites. Um, how do we know that they're visiting all those 
sites that, I mean, there's a lot of people out here that are getting, you know, a certain amount of, uh, through this land trust, you know, they put their property in some type of conservation. Do we know that they're going and looking at them? Yes, sir. They do, uh, Georgia Land Trust, Georgia, Georgia, Alabama now, but they go and do two site visits a year. They document with photographs and then send us a report about anything that's wrong, not up to par with the conservation use agreement. Uh, and then we have to notify the property owners to reconcile that or face uh, civil penalties, really civil and, and maybe even monetary penalties for, for compliance. And, and we have had that occur, that we've had to do that. We heard a lot more about them. And now, of course, I mean, you know, there's not that many people that's got, you know, that uh, stuff in the land trust, but I just wondered. I, I do see it in Long County where they're doing it, but I just wondered because um, I know a lot of people that have their property in it. So I just, I just uh, wondered if they were visiting or you know doing whatever. <laughs> That's great. And so, it. and so you may know too is that uh, the we're talking really two types of different conservation use. I mean, you've got property owners that have conservation use activity that aren't visited by the land trust because they're in a not in a perpetual conservation use, they're in an expiring conservation use that they can get out of. And that's monitored by, changes in that are monitored by uh, planning commission and also by uh, board of tax assessors. These are, these are properties that have been put in perpetual green space maintenance so they can never be taken out. And so these are the ones that are, are checked yearly. Okay. Thank and you. it's checked by who? Georgia, Georgia, Alabama Land Trust. Right, it's, isn't that, the, they used to come Give us a presentation, right? Isn't they it did. with that with they, that attorney they, from Savannah? They did. They did. Okay. Yeah. And that was before they convert right. rolled over to Georgia, <laughs> Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. I noticed some Have people I mean you, you typically get calls now, you know, about from Alabama folks, you know. I know one particular guy gets his gets a call about once a month. I think they're wasting their money when they talk to him, but anyhow. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. January. Okay. Now moving on to January. Um, at the end of January, we have collected 48% of our budgeted revenues and have exhausted 58% of our expenses. Um, this, <laughs> we are currently sitting at 3.6 months of operating expenditures, which increased a good bit over January. Um, and this is due to uh, collecting a lot of the property taxes, um, those you know, escrow, uh, escrow agencies and financial institutions who, who uh, remit very early, yeah. <coughs> we, uh, so we're looking a whole lot better, um, fund balance wise. And so let's see, regarding the departments. So a lot of these that are listed are the same as December. So I'll really just kind of um, hone in on the, the new ones that have kind of popped up for January. Um, and let's see, uh, for elections, um, they're showing over budget for, um, for January, but this is due to uh, the purchase of some voting hubs. Um, and this was approved in the FY23 budget um, edited by the, the millage rate. So this will be a budget adjustment and this won't show on next month's report. Um, 
The Board of Equalization, I think, again, has some, there's only a couple of people reported in that funds, and it's showing more in expenses for salaries and benefits um, than it should be. So we're going to have to investigate who is not in the correct department, but we are definitely working on that. The Risk Management Department um, was due to the annual pension payment to ACCG, um, and we don't anticipate having to pay anything additional uh, through the end of the year on that. And I think most of these other ones are repetitive. Um, let's see. For solid waste, um, we were looking much better in January, and we had actually had a net income of 162,000. Um, the revenues are up to 60% of budget, and the expenditures are almost in line at 56.9%. Um, this is also uh, <coughs> due to the collection of the property tax solid waste assessments, so that's kind of why things are starting to turn around financially um, on paper. <laughs> and let's see. For sales tax six, January, we brought in $1.15 um, million, and this is even higher than it had been averaging, um, probably due to Christmas, and the state collects it in the month of the sales and then remits it to us uh, the following month, so there's, so there's a lag there, but um, it, you can certainly see the benefit <coughs> of, of the sales made. Um, in Liberty County and as well as online um, and throughout the state. At the end of January, we're 2.3 million ahead of schedule for the current fiscal year and 6.8 million um, over what we projected from when the tax first started. Excellent, excellent. Indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a similar thing happening with TSPLOS. January, we received 1.1 million in revenues um, and have collected a total of 24.6 million since this tax started. Um, the TSPLOS has brought in 845,000 in excess revenue from what was originally budgeted, and we expect it to continue to trend this way. So that's a differential of what, like 200,000 from one month to the next? Because wasn't, that was 645 something, right? Yeah. 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 Some. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. That's about right. One more question about T Splice. Yes. <laughs> so, six years or whenever we we hit the the threshold. Right. Uh, once we hit the threshold, how will we go with the process of uh, renewing the, the next T Splice? <laughs> is is it like a gap? You, you don't have to have. Or, a gap. or am I yeah. putting the wagon before the horse? No, you good. You don't have to have a gap, and I, and I, and I think I want to, now that you mentioned that, look look back in that sunset provision that if it sunsets early, how soon can you go? And I'll do that. Okay. I'll be glad to do that. Right. I, I just, <coughs> rolling. Uh -huh. Let's try to keep it rolling. Yep. That's Absolutely. <laughs> right. But I, I think the citizens uh, definitely noticed, you know, what T Swass has mm -hmm. has been able to, yeah. to do for you know for the infrastructure of the of the county. So, 
Uh, the last thing I have is, um, I believe you've all been given a copy of the, the CIP uh, request for this year. And we, I just want to let you know that we're giving this to you today just so you can start looking over it. But we will definitely discuss this in more detail at the planning retreat on March 31st. Um, and that's all I have for you unless you have any, any so more questions. So if I heard you right, though, some of the items that we set aside, Camilla, you've already purchased from some departments. That was from the FY23 budget. This is the mm -hmm. FY24 CIP. So, yes, we've... Um, so we have done some of those things. In last year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this this yeah. is the look forward to 2023. <coughs> right. 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 Mr. Chairman, um, you know, we, we all set up here and we were, one thing that we talked about a lot was our undesignated fund balance. I know Commissioner Thrift and I were talking about it on the sidebar and some of the other ones were, but we're looking at 22, at the end of the year, we had 1.1 month of fund balance, and the year before, we had 2.9 months. Now this, right now, we're looking at 3.6 months, and this time, last year, we had five months. So I know that there's people that have to go through the proper channels to spend the money, but uh, there's nothing like having to go borrow, and I don't want us to have to go borrow. We, we, we talked long and hard about this, and I hope we can hold the line. Now, I know there's people, things tear up. I mean, Mr. Wells is sitting back there, and he's going to need a new piece of equipment, which the piece that he's got, is, I've seen it, and I don't know how many hours is on it. I would say somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000. But... Um, there's things we need, and then there's things we want, and this is a needs-based budget. If you need it, we're going to have to, I mean, there's some things we're going to have to take it on the chin and, and move on, but 1.1 um, month of undesignated, unreserved, I mean, uh, that's, that's payroll. So I just, uh, I know everybody gets these little calls, but I don't pay much attention. You know, the other night when we were talking here with our chief deputy, we told him, said, hold the line so we can get to budget time. And, I mean, I, let's let's make sure that we're all on the same accord on this. And that's all I'm going to say about it. You the boss up here. Yeah. <laughs> Chairman, I, I'll echo on that a little bit. I, I know that um, one of the things that when we do adopt the budget and we go through that process, one of the last things that um, that Joy always says is that, you know, that the things that we will do, how we will be, um, you know, real frugal with the with the funds. I mean, that, that how everybody will, you know, look at it twice before before we decide. So the, for the fund banners to, to not be um, what it was this time last year, and we do know the things do change, but, um, you know, we. We do need to keep an eye on that. And I also heard, Mr. Chairman, that um, there's going to be a, a deployment um, mm -hmm. it some, is. sometime this year. In the fall. Yeah. In the fall, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, we, so what was that? I think it's 4,000. 4, troops. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But, it, now, yeah. But, but, but I know that, you know, we, um, the cities has, you know, put some stuff in place that there was a time when there was a deployment where times it was a, 
or ghost town. So, you know, people, people stay, but um, we still need to be, be aware of that and, you know, take all this into consideration, especially with our budget. And we'll be going through our budget process pretty soon. So we do need to um, keep an eye on it. That's, that's part of our plan when we adopt it. Part of our plan is to um, look, look, and look again before we um, do anything. Just because it looks like we got it don't mean that we, we, got that it. we have to spend it. Mr. Chairman, I had a question along with those lines. I was just looking back here. The use of fund balance that's in the red, mm -hmm. why, why is it the same month to month? Is, is that what you're using now, a fund, map, fund balance to? To balance the whole To balance it out? Mm -hmm. I noticed, you know, like October, was it? October, November, December, or something like that. It's the same number. I don't know that it could be the same number if you're trying to, I mean, I didn't go through there and add up everything. Um, but I don't think it should be the same number, but you're, well, you're having to draw it out of fund balance. So obviously that makes our our months decrease. go down from one nine to right. three six or what, or mm -hmm. up three six. But I don't, I think that number's not right. Okay, I can certainly look into it. If, um, and see if we're using, the, I mean, that much. Yeah, it, it goes back, and it's the same. Same so, number. Yeah, so I, I don't think that's right. But uh, okay, and that may we may be in worse condition than we think if you're using that every month as a balancing mechanism. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'll get with Heather, and we'll certainly uh, look into it and make sure that the budget is reported. Using fund balance to, to balance the report. Right. And then that makes the month, what we have in reserve go down. Mm -hmm. well, well, and it yeah. shouldn't be going down if, if we stay no. within our budget. No, no. so, so if Is you look right? at it, yes, ma'am, if you look at it, it's really, it's really um, two different things we're talking about there. Okay. So you've got a, a designated fund balance, right? That is going to stay the same because that stuff that got designated coming out of the budget chute, now that's a combination um, of everything that's in the general fund or flows through the general fund. And so that's that's one reason capital projects, as they're identified in the general fund, would would would, would almost remain the same. Hopefully, remain the same and not go up during the year. Uh, any so so that's something to keep you out. That that is a lock in that you said. Look, we want to designate this amount of capital money for this fiscal year period, and okay. so you designated it. The okay, other so is undesignated, and okay. so the undesignated. If it goes, it's going. It's going. It, it is the the cash flow, right? Especially for the lean months, as you get towards the end of the year, she pointed out. So, so your your lowest fund balance ought to occur in December. I mean, that ought to be it because you're not collecting anything. You're you basically start living off of that after taxes are collected, right? So it's going to go down and down and down and down, and then it replenished in January. But the undesignated is different. That that other is a designated number. And it, it is what you have it. said. Okay. We want to spend this on capital Got it. Uh, mm -hmm. for designated items. Okay. okay. Designated Got and undesignated. It. I remember that now. It's <laughs> important for this reason more than anything is you don't want to make it to spend it. It's important for us if we do collect it, then we need to try to be sending some back to the taxpayers. I mean, I'm not just for up here collecting the money to say we've got fund balance. I mean, we can roll some of it back. I mean, I'm uh, I'm wanting everybody to have what they need. I don't want anybody to think that's not what my intent is, but 
when we were a little bit better off, we needed, and we didn't roll anything back to speak of, I don't believe, did we? No, sir. We rolled it uphill, and now we're pushing it back down. So, <laughs> so the, best just, way to, uh, the best way to uh, get in, we, we come back this during the planning session, I made a note, but the, 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 the best thing that improves fund balance is, is not spending every bit of your budget. Savings every budget year to every budget year, you know, resisting the tendency that, oh, I hadn't expended my budget. Let me go ahead and mm -hmm. issue all these purchases or do all these things I want to do because I can't get the money back. Savings in every departmental line item add up, and then that is that cash flow money you don't have to use, so it replenishes itself plus some. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's why we were able to absorb the uh, fire department and EMS with this little fund balances because we had built up the fund balance and would, therefore we didn't have to go basically on property taxes. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, yes, sir, not, those. The, the other key thing is to remember is that, you know, that replenishment or, or the, the savings only occur one time, right? During the year, there's no guarantee they're going to do right. it again next year. Right. So, 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 so that amount is there and you, what you've used it for rightly so, in fact, your fund <coughs> balance policy says if it gets to a certain point, you've got to either A, reduce that tax base that you're talking about, Commissioner Walden, or only use it for capital purchases because it's only a one-time there item. It's not going to automatically be back. And so you've used it instead of creating a capital budget and shipping money from the general fund to the capital budget, you've said, look, we've got excess fund balance, undesignated fund balance. We're going to do $10 million worth of capital this year, draw it down from the fund balance, mm -hmm. and get us back into shape. So that's kind of how that works. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you for the end service. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Matthew. Right. Let's see now. I'm, I got you a little bit longer. All right. Yeah. Let's see. All yep, right. Yep, uh, engineer, Mr. Long. And watch my time because I'm going to lose commission of thrift in about All right. oh, 20 okay. minutes. <laughs> I'll do my best to go as quick as I can. So one of the things, I'll go ahead and start with Commissioner Thrift. Uh, we're working good on... Uh, Let me hear you, but now leave her alone. <laughs> Commissioner Gilly, you heard it? We're working good on uh, Mary Todd Road, making progress on those plans. Okay. Also, uh, we had done an estimate for Commissioner Thrift for Wells Cemetery Road. Right. Around $330,000 in that neighborhood. Um, if you're ready for us to kind of start putting plans together on that so we can get real prices, we'll be glad to do that. Yes, I need you to go ahead and continue on with that project on Wells Cemetery, Wells Road. I will be glad to do that. Um, the projects that are uh, ongoing, the Trayport West and the uh, fire station are moving along pretty good. Mr. Brown may have some other uh, information for you on that, but those are looking good. I'm going to hit a couple of highlights. Uh, Bill Carter Road should be in the paper today. I didn't look, but it should have been in the paper it's today. We're opening the bids on April 28th for it's Bill Carter Road. It's in there. It is? Okay. Yeah. Um, the um, middle part, the asphalt's down. Um, got some striping to do and a little cleanup, so that job should get done soon. They are asking for a 45-day time extension from some rain delays. That was Noah. That's middle part, yes, sir. It's going to rain tomorrow. Too. Got some issues down issues at Miller Park that I noticed this morning. Okay. If you get with me, I'll be glad to go address Just issues. let me run it by you real quick. When the water comes off the field, it comes straight across the walking trail. Yes. It does not 
So if it's wintertime or whatever, if someone's walking right after it rains, they're going to have to, be, if they're on the walking track, they're going to be walking through the water, draining yeah, that, off of the field. So, yes, sir. Um, let me look at that with you. Okay. On that. Um, so some of the areas are, it was pretty expensive to try to fix something like that, and it, it only occurs for like a 20-minute period after the rainfall event stops. So you and I kind of look at that. Uh, also, uh, are we talking about what, the fire station or? No, we're talking about Middle Park Recreation Park. Park. Good. What are we going to do about all of the rocks out there and cutting grass? Yes, sir. We'll have to a get lot them. of ton of rocks out there. Yeah, we're going to get uh, a lot of that raked up and cleaned up a little bit. Yes, sir. No, I'm, I know. And also the catch basins, they're going to need the lid's going to need to be taken off so they can be cleaned out. Yes, sir. That is part of the punch list when we get to the end of the job that we make sure we go through and do. Give me a call. I like to be around when that punch list comes. Can do. Uh, and Mr. Chair, while we have Miller Park, uh, just just quick question, Trent, uh, about the NW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we what? have we have a requirement in there on that. Okay. What well, was? We had ten and three. Okay. And I, I know uh, late last year. Yes, sir. I requested some information. From yes, you. sir. Now I sent a spreadsheet on that for to you. You did. It's a little spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, oh, you emailed it to me. I did. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll send it again. Trent, Mr. Email. Trent, Mr. Brown, is full. Was to set the set the tanks for to be included in this project? Ask for me the Miller Park. Ask me the question again. Was the septic system supposed to be included in this? We have some dirt on this that will be for the set for the septic system, but the septic system will not be installed. Just some dirt for it, so that we don't have to haul all the dirt in later on. But it's, it's included in this part of the project. Yes, sir. Okay. We got, and there's still a little bit of work to do on that out at, down at the end. Okay. The last question, a statement. <clears throat> we need to go ahead and jump and order those playground equipment that was yeah. damaged because it's going to yes, take sir. a while to get it. Yeah, and that was actually the contractor for the fire station that did that. So, yes, sir, we actually uh, were pushing on that a couple weeks ago. We had conversations with Raymond about it and with the contractor about making sure that those got replaced because those do need to be replaced. They need to be replaced already. They're behind the time on that. So we kind of noticed that and, and brought that up with the contractor just like two weeks ago. So who's going to be held responsible? The Middle Park Fire Station contractor. From, from Miller Park. From Miller Park Fire Station, R.W. Allen. Verbal or, or written <coughs> request? Say that again. Was it a verbal or written request? All verbal. Okay. Yeah. Can we? Yep. We can get it in writing. There okay. we go. Okay. All right. <coughs> Not like a paper trail. Yep. Got it. All right, I will uh, get that out in the mail and get you copies. And I'll send you that NBWBE stuff again. Please do. 
Uh, and it may not, it may have come from Michelle instead of me. Okay, can you send it to my county and my personal? Just be on the do. safe side. I can. Thank you. <laughs> Get back to where I was. All right, we talked about Miller Park Fire Station. We talked about Miller Park uh, Recreation Park uh, Gum Branch. Uh, they should be out there very shortly with some uh, asphalt going on. Mm -hmm. um, so that should be getting ready to, ready to wrap itself up. They're also asking 45-day time extension for weather delays over there. We had to wait a long time to get that pad underneath there, and it was just, Underwater. oh, it's so wet. It's so wet. So, but we finally got it in, and everything's going well there now. Um, I don't have my, I'm not finished with my plans, but I got my guy working on them for the sidewalk on Elam Road and Elm Drive, not Elam, and Winhaven. So Elm my guys, my guys, not Elm and, Elm and Winhaven. I said Elam. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Elam is a different road. A little bit farther out. <laughs> yes. Um, Water system for the Lewis Fraser Road bids next week. Um, the Davis and Select Street bids next week. Good. So those two are coming along and I think I'll leave it to any other questions unless you want me to go over anything else on the status report. No, uh, can I have uh, just, just something. Trent, if you would, um, on your next report, I've, um, when I was, um, I've had um, the Homestown. There were some projects that I had committed to, and you know, yes, we did some talk on it. But it added to your report uh, the track lane. And if um, tomorrow Ed and I going going ride, could could you meet us down at the, at the park, say at um, about eight thirty in the morning? I'm, I'm, I mean, if you got something to do, then that's fine. We could do it another day. But um, we're going down the Look, way tomorrow. I I, I accepted. A nine o'clock meeting. I'll try to call and change it till uh, we have another meeting at 11, and I'll try to move it. Hit the the one at nine. I'll try to move in the afternoon so I can see you guys down there. At yeah. Okay. So track um, at um, let's say track lane at 8:30. Yes, sir. Okay. And yeah. um, and if I, I'll call you and verify first thing. In the okay. Morning. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a call. But uh, <laughs> but if if you would add track lane to to your monthly report. And uh, clutter your lane. We um, that's another project that uh, that we had talked about. Uh, Commissioner um, Stevens is um, that's his district now, but that's that water project. And if we can um, just add that to the report so that we can um, you know have a track it once a month, and you know um, I'll well, it keeps everybody honest on getting it done. Yeah. So just just add track lane to your report, and I'll meet with you on that tomorrow, and then we'll briefly talk about just get an update on Claudia Lane but I would like to have both of them on your report until we can I can do okay. that that's right. easy okay. enough and I did forget one thing that I want to talk about um, do have Limerick Road just about ready I got a couple more days worth of drawing next week I got a little plan for you to look at um, but I should be ready into this month to put the overlay Limerick Road out for bids so but I, I'm gonna leave this with are you walking? While you're backing up, <clears throat> keep us informed on the Peacock and Nail Bridge, although it's a DOT project. Mm -hmm. And also the roundabout at <clears throat> 119 and Barrington Ferry. 
I've been getting a couple of phone calls. Uh, <clears throat> I think we need to have a little sit-down roundtable discussion with a couple. Sure. Actually, next month I'll have a pretty good conceptual drawing on that, so I can bring that and throw it up on the screen. Okay, because <clears throat> two pastors, Pastor McIver and, I mean, Bishop McIver and... Um, Pastor Dawson. Pastor Dawson and... Ms. Warthauer mm -hmm. was right there. <clears throat> uh, we need to at least sit down and go over everything with them so that they'll have a better concept in their mind of what's what. I would love to do that. Okay. Be glad to do that. Happening. All right. <clears throat> Commission Geared, I do have all the costs on the Claudia Lane project now. We got the last <clears throat> piece of that. I got the construction costs plus possible acquisition costs, so we can go over that and talk about what we're going to do on the fund. Okay. 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 That'd be good. Okay. That is, sir. I tried to do it under 20 minutes. Oh, you do. <laughs> I just want to get the estimation on Sandy Run Road for the repair. I did not. Oh, for. And we have looped in the city of Riceboro engineer in that. Commissioner Stevens, since that is really in the city of Riceboro right, right there, mm -hmm. so that they would be aware that, you know. Right. I've got to call to him sometime. tomorrow anyhow on a different subject, and I'll, I'll loop him in. So. Brent, how, how well uh, are you working with the DOT? <clears throat> mm -hmm. you, can, you can get them to show up. I know Gary and I, we sit up there he had a shotgun on him in Allenhurst. I was just wondering those ditches along eighty four between Liberty High School down to Big Ocean. Well, I'm not dealing with the maintenance guys that often, but I can certainly put a phone call in and see if we can't get some movement. His name is Brian. First name is Brian. Brian. And his last <clears throat> name is Kemp. If you can't get a hold of them. <laughs> There's also a, yeah, I, I fell for that one pretty good. <laughs> good. That's who we're going to need to be talking to. Cause I've been waiting 22 days on Had a couple of folks down through there. Of course, you know, part of that said the city limits of uh, Limington, but, you know, I was told that they were going to look at it, and I think they've actually, that one person retired, me waiting on him. So now there's, a, there's somebody else in there. So There's a guy named Brian Check. This out of one of this part of the maintenance, I, I, and I that's who I Josh. thought you were talking about instead of the governor. <laughs> no, but um, if you can't get hold of him, I, <coughs> we get Joy to call that other fellow. But it, it needs some attention from uh, at least Liberty County High, coming from outside the by the uh, football field, going all the way to the uh, canal on both sides of the road. There's about three and a half foot of water down through there, Anthony Clint. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> yes, sir. Now, we had a, uh, you know, a couple of months back when we were doing uh, Edgewater Drive, uh, we, it took us several months to get DOT to come clean. There's a box culvert and the double S curve as you come into Midway, and it was, it had some blockage in it and it was making water come all the way up in people's backyard along Edgewater Drive. And, you know, we had a hard time getting somebody to come clean that out too. We, let's just, I mean, if we get, if we get a positive, 
That'll be great. If not, then let's look at it and see what it's going to cost, and we'll put it out to bid and have them and just send the bill to the state. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, have, I don't care how we do it. I mean, I'm, I'm real easy. There's two ways of doing it. With a shovel or the DOT can do it. And, uh, I mean, that's it. There's no other. Yes, sir. Water will start, when you start moving it out of the way, it'll go to the lowest spot. That's a real simple thing. So, Yes, sir. It's one, it's, it's one thing I found out that with DOT in the Liberty County, Richmond Hill area, they only have one piece of equipment to serve about five counties. Now, when you get up around Glensville, where the big office is at, you got several. Yeah. And a lot of times, our guys come out of Savannah, so which <coughs> second. To uh, I mean, you know, we got it. We got two offices in Liberty County. Thank you, Trent. Two offices in Liberty County. One in Allenhurst and one down in Riceburg. And there's nobody wants to show up. So <coughs> there's actually a DOT office right now in in uh, Flemington. Yes, sir, so there is. We need to. I mean, let's do what we got to do. I'm not going to. I'm not going to ask you to spend much time. Just call them and tell well, them. Uh, my, one of my inspectors is DOT maintenance, former DOT maintenance guy. So I'll get him to call him. Yeah. See so if you can't I'm, get in the back door. I'm friends with the DOT. They helped me out Thank big you, time. Chip. <laughs> uh, trying to get crystal. <coughs> All right. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? So, as you know, September last year was one year that we had become a service under the county. So, what have we been doing that past year? I've collected most of the information I thought would interest you the most to display. If you have any questions throughout, just please let me know. Otherwise, it should be short, sweet, and to the point. Mm -hmm. This first page reflects what our call volume looked like. And as you can see, that our rate of just a little over 50% involved patients that were treated and transported by us to a facility. Um, you can then see our next one highest rating was treated and refused transport. What that means is that patients may have been treated on scene with either medication or simple wound bandaging, something simple, and they declined to receive further care in an emergency room department. So our highest level definitely were treated and transported. Other ones on there, either we were canceled on scene, there was no patient found, or they refused treatment altogether. What, what, what is that? No patient found, canceled? Those, because the way dispatch kind of works, sometimes we automatically get dispatched to a call with, depending on what the call comes out of. Okay. And as we are in route or as we arrive on scene, there's absolutely no patient, no, no need for EMS. But to err on the side of caution, EMS is typically automatically dispatched due to the reference. Um, we see that a lot in traffic accidents where because it's a traffic accident, everybody gets called, fire, police, EMS, but when we arrive on scene, it was just somebody hit a bumper in a parking lot and there's absolutely no patient, no request for EMS personally by any individual. That, that's a high volume though, right? It is. 775? It, it is, um, but the way our dispatch is not blaming dispatch, but the way that we have to respond, once we are toned out, we can't pick and choose and decline not to go. Understood. 
I now, mean, for it, our standbys, um, simple things like that involve the schools, bomb threats, usually don't become anything. We stand by at the station. We don't even respond to the actual scene. We acknowledge the call, but we stand by at the station for two reasons. One, scene safety. We don't want to be that close in the event that it is something. And for two, if a more high priority call comes in that we know we have an active patient, we would then respond to that active patient and put that standby at a lower priority. So is that normal uh, protocol like in other counties as yes. well? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering because I mean, it's, it's, and we it's not are, like we have a Yes, and, a, a, and we are looking at ways that we ambulances. could maybe mitigate the, for lack of better terminology, the misuse of EMS. Um, this starts at the state level, though, unfortunately, until um, so we have more support from the state to trickle down and make us be the voice that, I hate to say, decline the calls that we respond to, but we're an easy way for people to reach out when they may have their own transportation or a call that doesn't meet emergency to begin with, but once we make, once we're contacted, we have a duty to respond. Right. Thanks, mm -hmm. uh, I know of one call that we run pretty often off of uh, There's a couple. Dave Wing River about during the month time, you probably go to that same house about 10 times. 10 times what, a month? In a month time. Hmm. We, it's, only we, to, it's only to help pick him up. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's, there's several similar just like right. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, some are true. They don't have any help to help lift them up. And they fall and they don't have family or they don't have family strong enough to lift them. And it falls on us at that point. Right. And it goes through 911? Right. Mm -hmm. On 911. Okay. Alert the alert. Family code. Mm -hmm. They do. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, the life alerts, the medical alarms. Those are often faulty alarms where they may accidentally be activated, pendant press gets activated, and that's where you can see the canceled on scene or no patient found. It was an accidental push. Okay. That happens, that happens a lot, actually. Okay. Next slide is the state of our staffing. Our current schedule. We have one paramedic vacancy on our 12-hour truck and one EMT vacancy on our 12-hour truck. We are looking at, by May, we wanted to start this after the first of the year, but by May, we want to fill three additional positions that had been approved for us to actually start in January, but we just didn't have the ability to do that, to <coughs> replace our supervisors off the trucks and replace them with medics so that our supervisors can be in the streets with their medics, can be evaluating their medics, can be supervising them. Because right now, the way the supervisors are working, they're on trucks, they're on 911 calls. So if an incident comes in that needs to be handled at a management level, that supervisor's not available, i.e. a call-in, unique situations. If there's a vehicle accident involving one of our trucks, worst extreme, um, little things that we're actually paying for the supervisors to perform duties, they can't because they themselves are providing care in an ambulance unavailable. So we're looking to get them off, and that's common practice amongst most EMS services where the supervisor is supplied a QRV, quick response vehicle, to assist 
their teams out in the field. And they can do a true evaluation because they're out there evaluating all their team members, not just the person, their partner that they're assigned to work with. Um, so that's where we look at the two and one, but as of today, we can take away one of those vacancies because I've fulfilled one of those vacancies. Hey. <laughs> I'll take it when I can. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not to be laboring anything. Last September, um, and I know your staffing's changed a little bit, but you were about half staffed yes, last sir. September. So, sir. so at this point, you've and those were being staffed mostly, say mostly, but three quarters by basic EMTs mm -hmm. uh, as availability. So, what we've been able to do, or what they've been able to do, and you've been able to do as a team, is obviously correct those mm -hmm. staffing issues by what you did, and ensure that uh, for the most part, there's a paramedic on every shift. Roles with every call. Yes, and that would be role. the extra advantage if we can have that supervisor come off that truck because m the times that we have the most trouble filling a vacancy or an opening is that last minute call out because we rely on those call outs to be filled by a part time employee, but they're part time employees for a reason because they probably have another job full time obligated somewhere. <clears throat> so then we're relying on our full timers to possibly want to pick up overtime. We don't mandate it. We don't hold anybody. We don't forcibly keep them to work overtime. So we rely on that, but we can only work them so much. We have some employees that would never go home if we didn't tell them to. Um, they, can't, they can't do that. There's not sufficient amount of downtime for them to run four days, 24-hour shifts day to day. Um, so with the ability of having the supervisor off the truck, in the event that we have a call out, we could have a body to put on that ambulance until we get somebody to come in. So I think it would, it, it'll benefit us all in the long run once we can fulfill those. What is your staffing like during the, hol during the holidays? Is it pretty good it's, to call out? Well, you know, so the convenient thing about EMS is that unless an employee requests a shift change, they know their schedule for the entire year, the next five years, to be honest. Um, so we can make accommodations and we take things into consideration. If you worked a holiday last year, if you put in for it this year, you know, if you, if you had the last two holidays off because we granted you that off, there's a chance you might not get this year. So we have a way to look back on the history of when we approved people their off time and whatnot. It's not usually, it's not an issue as long as we're staffed. It's if we already have those existing vacancies that tend to be the issue because now your part-timers are probably not going to want to work on a holiday if they have that off already on their primary job, if that makes sense. So as long as we're fully staffed, holidays usually are not an issue. Okay. <clears throat> this here just gives you a brief summary of a distribution of our calls. Um, as you can see, ironically, Tuesday seems to be our busiest day of the week consistently. Um, not far behind, or I'm sorry, Friday, but not far behind is Tuesday. But if you look at all the days, they're generally kind of right on par with one another. Our busiest call times on average is between 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. That shows a consistent throughout the year for all the calls that we, we respond to. That we kind of chalk it up to as when is our busiest time of traffic. That's the time our most vehicle accidents occur. So there's where we have a peak time in our traffic accidents as well. This is a breakdown and I made an error. That should not be 6,000, that should be 5,000. I was giving ourselves too much credit for an extra <laughs> thousand calls. So just to be clear, that should be 5840. Station one has responded to 
5,840 calls and station two responded to 2,645 calls. Now what this doesn't show is that I cannot sit here, I could break it down further, but this here does not show that there was only 2,645 calls in the Midway area. This means that Midway station was toned to respond. That could mean they were coming to Hinesville for a call and vice versa. These calls for station one, they were toned out, but it doesn't necessarily mean that these calls were just primarily ran in Hinesville. They could have been responding to a call in Midway as well. What about transfers? Where does he transfer? You're going to see that right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here is a running list of, we've been keeping track of our transports. You'll see the blue indicates 2021, year 2021. Red indicates year 2022. And gray, we just started. We're well, obviously, we don't have March yet, but the gray is where we are at for 2023 so far. So you can see over the course of time, we're blue in 2021. Then we took over. The county took over. My, I'm sorry. Um, and we dropped down a little bit. Now, towards the end of last year, we started our reds were coming back up again. <clears throat> they were actually superseding our blues where we were in 2021. Um, we're starting to come back down you'll note by the grays there. And you also see from 2021, we conducted 750 transfers from Liberty and 2022, 591 with a decrease of 159. Not a whole lot. I do anticipate that number to be significantly different when we do this again next year for this year as we've been working on some things with the hospital. This here, it's hard to see up there, but you will see that these here are transport destinations for all the calls that we run, either 911 or if they were a transfer. You'll see that we do most of our patient transfers with Liberty Regional here in our own county. That's where we take most of our patients. If we see a need in the street that requires advanced care that we know that maybe shouldn't be taken to Liberty because they may not have services capable of handling that, then we will then transport that patient to a more appropriate facility, which tends to be a hospital in Savannah. Sometimes Brunswick, depending on where we're responding to. If it's in the Riceboro area, sometimes it makes more sense to go to Brunswick at that point. You're not really too far from either one. Um, there's a little line you can't, it's very hard to see on here, but we do have a 1% for Augusta, 1% for Dodge, and 2% for Memorial Satilia Health in Waycross. Those obviously are going to be from our hospital transfers. Anything you see for Jacksonville, anything outside the Savannah area, that is definitely a transfer, not to disclose that some of those Savannah runs were also as a result of some of our hospital transfers. <coughs> Mutual aid because... Oh, Christopher, I did have one question. Mm -hmm. Are we picking up um, any at Coastal Manor? Coastal Manor? No. No. They do their own transport. They do their own transports. Obviously, they're in Long County, so if it becomes a 911 call, their service is responding to them. And if they're going back home, they're provided a service. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the hospital now has a van that they're able to take some of their some of their patients mm -hmm. back mm -hmm. and forth. Mm -hmm. relief. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mutual aid, because that's kind of important, that kind of helps track our unit availability. As you can see, we 
as a service for Liberty County, we provided or were requested mutual aid 236 times for the year. Our counterparts include Fort Stewart, Long County, Bryan County, McIntosh, and Wayne County. Long County, for us, is the most commonly requested for mutual aid that we respond to. Now, do we always respond to mutual aid? No. We make sure our county's covered first. We do not accept a mutual aid call unless we have at least three units available in our own county before we take away one to respond mutual aid. So we do not now. Now, if we accept that mutual aid call and two additional 911 calls come out within 10 minutes after we've taken that, we have no way of knowing that or preventing that. But the time the call for request of mutual aid comes out, we, we handle that accordingly if we have the resources. Our county requested and received mutual aid 174 times throughout the year, and I'd like to give special thanks to Bryan County and McIntosh County because they're the ones that consistently help us. Typically, those are the ones that are coming to us for, for the mutual aid request. The AIRVAC, what has AIRVAC done to the uh, EMS service in Liberty County? Has it? As far Can as air transport? Yes. Has it cut the travel time? Um, you, well, you're talking for Lifestar. Yeah, I mean, yes. So for us as a service, when we feel that we need additional resources through flying a patient, um, we, we don't pick and choose. We don't ask for a particular one or the other. We simply request for the closest available helicopter. and. <clears throat> it might be Lifestar here in Hinesville, but they may not be available, so then they would go down the chain, and AIRVAC out of Jessup would be the next closest one. If they're not available, then they seek even further out. So it's kind of, I don't want to say hit or miss, but it's just according to who's available. Now, to answer your question, I wouldn't say, because we have that added benefit here in our county, we're not abusing it either. Just because it's right there doesn't mean, oh, well, we can just... Now that they're here, we can just hopefully use that. We don't do that. Patients are only flown if they meet the criteria to be flown from a scene. Um, so to answer your question, we haven't really seen an increase as far as us utilizing the air, tra air transport period. Not because they're not available, just because we not we still have a duty to act too and not just hand them over to that or so. Okay. We, mm -hmm. Did you get through, Mr. Yeah, Stevens? Yeah, I'm fine. On, on the uh, air vacs, I notice uh, people, they have the prescription to, I mean, they pay a monthly fee mm -hmm. for, I guess it's for a subscription. Um, it's a either subscri one of them or? No. Mm -hmm. So the way that works, and I won't speak for one or the other because I'm not trying to sell one or the other. Um, the way the subscription works is that Aravac has a, they're a subscription-based company. You can still use them whether you have a subscription or not. If you choose to purchase a subscription, that's just like buying car insurance or like Aflac or something. It's just an added insurance that if you ever needed the capabilities, hopefully you don't, from a medical helicopter, those bills can be extraordinary. This is an assurance to say whatever your insurance doesn't cover, then you're covered by having the subscription service. Um, Lifestar, I don't believe, does that. But here's the other catch. You may have the subscription with Aravac, but if you're in a condition or a position, and me as the medic, 
you, you might not answer that question for me. I'm going to get you the closest appropriate because my goal is to get you there as quick as I can. I'm not going to, I'm not going to know if you have a subscription or not. I just, I, I noticed, you know, we <coughs> talk to different people and they say, you know, I've got a subscription for this, mm -hmm. this, and this, and I've heard them in Long County say, well, we got to pay $25 a month or 500 a year or whatever. I don't know what it is, but that was a, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you've got two here. Which one are you paying for? Mm -hmm. And just for curiosity. Yeah, un unfortunately, if it was the other, you know, the other service picking you up, you, you wouldn't be able to use that subscription towards that. The most important, let's show us the money, right? <laughs> so when we came to budget last year, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. We didn't have a budget to compare it to. We had not a lot to go by. So at that time, Kim at the time, we sat down and we digested as much as we could with the very little information that we had and we created a budget that we thought and hoped would match what we were gonna be projecting for the year. I'd like to say we did pretty good so far. We budgeted for just under three million and right now we're just a little over half of that as per our January report budget. Um, with that budget, one thing that I'm proud about, I know it doesn't sound like much, but we were able to uniform all of our staff members so that all of our staff members look the same as they should in professional. That was a big thing that we didn't have before. If you didn't know, the CMS uniform is the most expensive, clo expensive clothing I will ever own. <laughs> These pants are not cheap, neither are the shirts or the boots to go with it. So adding that to help our employees, Definitely, definitely, we appreciate that. Um, our fiscal year collections, obviously we like to, to send our patients the bill if we provide a service. We were able to bill out, you can see the number there for billable claims, actual collected and versus what we had to write off, of course, and write off is exactly what it sounds like. It's money we, we did not and could not collect. Any questions on, on that? To end the presentation, I'd like to remind everybody that EMS Week is coming up on us. These are a couple of our staff members here participating in some of our training that we do on a daily, try to do on a daily basis of some form or fashion. EMS Week is May 21st through the 27th. Every year they pick a slogan to represent, and this year's slogan is where emergency care begins. And that is all I have for, for this. Thanks. Thank you, I think she's done a great job, or the county overall, yeah. in being able to fund and actually you stay in within your budget. Those numbers really look fairly decent. Yeah, I mm -hmm. decent. They really look good. So, I am. Thank you. I applaud your. But, Mr. Chair, Mr. Chair, I will say this from last year to present and from some years back, you know, we're striving. We're, we're striving on a graduating scale to improve the quality of life for everyone. It's not going to come overnight. No. So, Crystal, thank you as being a part of the emergency service for Liberty thank County. You. Thank you. Just keep on, and then we'll see what else we can well, do. Well, and, and just to add out there, I, I may be the one speaking here, but there's a <coughs> whole team, team behind me right. that are, you know, I'll never say they're on the bottom because they're what keeps you on top. Right. So they are not beneath me by no shape or means. They're the ones out there in the streets running, yeah. running the calls. 
and everything. Um, and just to end this up, I have one more thing, and that is the MOU for rescue training, um, similar to what we did with Waycross and for what we did with Savannah Tech. Well, Coastal Pines and Waycross um, in Savannah Tech. It is another ride-along program where we have students. This one's, I'm a little biased on this one because this just happens to be where I became a paramedic. So I do know the history with them and work with them wholeheartedly. We have current employees that are enrolled in these programs that we obviously would like them to be able to conduct their ride-alongs with us as well as possibly recruiting some more students from the current programs. So unless you have any questions, it's going to be the same as we can currently have in place for Savannah Tech and Coastal Pines. Any questions about the MOU? Need a motion? Yes, sir, Mr. Chairman. I'm a second. Motion a second. <laughs> we approve the MOU. Uh, and we hope you will find some good candidates from the, from the training. Right. <coughs> yes. Any further discussion? All Thank you all. Show of hands. All right. But Krista, uh, uh, please, please <laughs> express to your, your team mm -hmm. how much we appreciate. Absolutely, what they absolutely. Do. Okay. And if you haven't noticed, if you haven't stopped by, our new station two is coming along wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, cabinets, cabinets are going in this week. We saw that that progressing. So um, just watch yeah, out for two guys. We saw pictures. Just watch out for two guys up here because they they'll sneak in. Yes, two of them. Okay. We already have the stuff on order to to furnish that, so I'm gonna make sure it'll be locked up if those guys will be walking in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Krista. Do they still have the? Or maybe Don, you might know. Do they still have the nursing program at the high schools? I <coughs> think they still do CNA. Healthcare. They call it healthcare. It's not called nursing. Though. It's called the healthcare pathway. When we graduated. I know you worked at the hospital. I remember. Yeah, but CNA. I think it's the CNA. CNA. Yeah, they got CNA still. Yeah, and I know they do LPM, they but I don't know that they do that with the high school. That's a pathway you oh, and they still do the, um, as a matter of fact, because I, I have a child 14 going into high school next year, uh, we just sat through the meetings where they kind of talk about sending on which option you want to mm -hmm. pursue in your career with um, high school and if you want to look at getting things like that at Savannah Tech. And CNA was one of them. Um, EMS is not. We, and this is kind of ironic because they, Depending where you work depends on some, some places you can't even drive an ambulance until after the age of 21, depending on what the county insurance is. So there's things in place where you can attend an EMS school, EMT school, but you may not be able to test until the age of 18. So there's some stuff being worked on in the background. We're talking about the ride-along program, you know, and I was just thinking... Um, of course, I mean, we have the summer students that come up, and and, the, and there may be people that's just interested in, you know, EMS that may that may be in, in school, and I didn't know if that program was, I know when Donnie the Strickland and Miss Carter mm -hmm. were there, they had, uh, you know, a nursing program. Health occupations, they called you know, it. And that's what I was wondering if they yeah. still... Yeah, at LCCA, they, they have a healthcare pathway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, I would welcome the opportunity to let students ride with us. Um, just know that it's not always for the faint of heart. They, yeah. they, um, <laughs> there may be things they might not. They may think they want to be in healthcare, but that may not be the healthcare. 
They want to be in. My county manager having palpitations over administrators having palpitations over there. Yeah, and we have invited any of you if any of you would like to come and ride with us one day. We open that invite to you all too. A lot of people think they want to be a policeman, you know, and then when they get out, shoots at them, and that's the end of it. They go back to delivering newspapers. I just, uh, I know that gives them the opportunity to see a little bit of it. And if that's where they want to go, they go. But, um, anyhow, I appreciate what you do. Thank you. Thank you all. Have a good night. Beers for the backhoe. Interesting. Mr. Wells. Young Donald, when y'all was in school, it was the midwife. Commissioners, how are y'all? How are you, sir? I tell you what, this man here has sit here. No, I must have made Joey mad. I see he's way down <laughs> in the water this time. I, I don't know what I did. But, <laughs> but we uh, accepted proposals to replace one of the back because they're at the transfer station. Do I have something? Yancey Brothers was scored the highest on the proposals, and that's the recommendation to go with them. You ready? In your budget. In your budget. <laughs> Yes, sir. What if you did the scoring? Scoring this time again. I'm sorry. Who the did the scoring? Ain't three, right? And uh, Johnny Shot and Mr. Mosley. I bet he got the highest number. No, uh -huh. he does not. If he, see, I, I ain't gonna throw him under the bus. He got a sharp pencil that Mosley bought. Commissioner Gillard, uh, I, I remember it was one time. His scores were always the highest. <laughs> now. Mm. Uh, man. Mr. 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 Red Pen himself now. Clinton just wanted a, a piece of equipment. That's why he scored so high. And I, and, and I was on to ask that. I mean, how, how do you? Mosley did good, right. Lord. Were y'all looking at the same thing? Y'all beat me up so bad. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If Clint says that's what he needs, and I believe that he wouldn't spend a dime more than what he needs, I've looked at his shotgun, and he needs a new shotgun, but <laughs> make a motion we move forward with it, Mr. Chairman. Second. All right. <laughs> Yancey Brothers, my friend, in the amount of 196-476. All right, that's the motion on the floor and a second. Any further discussion? All in favor, by show of hands. All right, sir. Thank you. All right. Any announcements, Mr. Nice. Brown? Announcement, anything for the good order? All right. Chair, take a motion to adjourn. Oh, so move. Second. All in favor, show of hands. Clinton, if, thank Clinton. you. Have a great Clinton. evening. If, thank if you. you weren't going to get it, we'd have let you go first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>